Hi, and welcome to Journeys of Faith. Today we have a guest from the USA. Um, his name is Max Ivy, um, aka The Blind Blogger. Um, is an author, a blogger, and a podcaster. His podcast is called What's Your Excuse? Um, and he's, he's into much, much more. Today, he's going to actually share some of his journey um, with us of his faith and um, what what differences there is. So is it okay, Max, um, would you like to just briefly introduce yourself a little bit more than I just have and uh, give the listeners a bit more in background on yourself? Sure, sure. I, uh, I am a totally blind man from Houston, Texas. I grew up in a family of carnival owners planning to uh, be in the business and run my own carnival someday. I also grew up knowing that I was going to eventually lose some, if not all, my vision to retinitis pigmentosa or RP. Uh, in spite of that, the, growing up in a family of people who were doers, who didn't spend a lot of time feeling sorry for themselves when things didn't go their way, I was uh, raised with the right attitude and I, uh, I was able to graduate from a traditional high school and college achieved the rank of Eagle Scout, and work in the business until my dad's death resulted in us going out of business. After, he, uh, after that happened, I knew I needed to do something else, so I started helping people sell their surplus amusement rides and games because I felt like that was something I knew a little something about. Unfortunately, doing anything online, especially in 2007, 2008, which was before WordPress, Wi-Fi, or Facebook, uh, was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I had to learn a whole bunch of new things, including how to hand code HTML. People were encouraged by what I was doing. They said that I inspired them and they asked me to share more about being a blind entrepreneur. And that led to, to starting a second website as the blind blogger because people had been calling me the blind blogger as a way of shorthand for, for a while. So I started that website. Uh, I've written three books. Since then, I've done over 200 podcast interviews, traveled across country solo, shared my story publicly on, on, at conferences and local organizations. I help other podcasters and creative entrepreneurs promote themselves on podcasts, what else? And yeah, I host a show called What's Your Excuse? where I talk to people who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances. My plan being to uh, to explode the excuses that are holding my listeners back. And as, as you know, I love to sing. Uh, and I'm basically up for whatever the next challenge or opportunity is that comes my way because the one thing I've learned over the years is to never put limits on God. Definite, I think, you know. Um, also, sorry, I forgot to uh, introduce David, um, who's... <laughs> Absolutely forgot to introduce him, but I'm sure that my listeners will get used to me and my brain that drifts off. It's all right. Adrian, I'll just <laughs> interrupt. It. It's I'll fine. It. I'll be the I'll interruption in your podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I, I um, obviously I, I've been listening back to some of your uh, podcasts, uh, Max, and, and, you know, I was say we were just talking about it, um, that you... The, the singing you do is great and and the fact that you've just said about we you know god will let help us overcome things is fantastic and i think you know i think we all need to realize that our own gifts so um i, be, I believe from what i've heard is obviously as well that you was in the um carnival game um which is the equivalent to the fun fairs in the uk um, how was that growing up um, and, and faith-wise? Did, you know, did that have an impact on your faith? Did it grow it more? Obviously, you know, you're in the USA and um, it's probably, it's slightly different. So it'd just be interesting to see how that works between... Right, right. Well, as I was growing up uh, back then, the, the carnival business was different than it is now. You only worked about seven or eight months out of the year and the other three or four months, you'd have to find what they would call a side hustle these days, which would mean things like selling plush or fruit or firewood on the sides of the roads or, uh, you know, so you'd have to find something to bring in money. Uh, one winter, my dad went and 
worked on an oyster or uh, shrimp boat in the, in the Gulf, of, you know, or unloading shrimp boats. So it just depends on what they find. So, but when, when the times of the year that me and my brothers and other family members would, would connect with the, the adults in the business, um, you know, naturally we were in school when we were supposed to be in school, but when school was out, we would be with them. And in different towns, you would be exposed to different types of religious people. Like uh, here in Texas, a lot of times we would be at events where uh, there would be Catholic priests and we would get to see the, uh, the Catholic uh, mass, usually before we opened. But the thing, you know, that I remember about Catholic churches is, is that at their, at their bazaars, which is what we usually experience, you would have, uh, you'd have wine, you'd have gambling, you'd have games of chance. So um, in other parts, you know, you might be, you might be exposed on uh, Sunday to a, maybe a Baptist preacher. Sometimes people would come out to your location to, uh, to bring you tracks or to, to give a sermon on the Midway. At one time, there actually used to be preachers that would travel around the country to carnivals, and there was actually a pretty famous one in Orlando or Tampa that was a priest that would, would travel. And, you know, in my family, uh, I still have relatives who are either alive or just passed away recently who they never set foot in a church because when they were married, the, the preacher or the priest came to the Midway and married them, you know. So uh, I have one uncle who is actually a minister in Arizona now. So I went to some of his services uh, when, during the time we were living in the Houston area. Uh, went, but, you know, none of that was ever really became part of a thing for me. I was like a lot of people. Uh, the exposure to religion and faith was the holidays or special events where, you know, I, it was mixed in with something else I was already doing. You know, sometimes you would have it mixed in with your school events because, and when I grew up in the, you know, in the, in the seventies, there were still schools where you still had to recite a prayer in the morning, you know, so that, some of those things over the years, I think that my, you know, as far as my journey as on the face side of it really didn't happen until I was in college because as a college student, I, you know, I attended some, some Baptist student meetings. I went to church with people that I was in classes with. Uh, I spent some time studying with the reorganized uh, Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, I, I I never really studied with the Catholics, but I had friends who were Catholics. And I think for most of my life, I've been one of those people who I had faith, even though I didn't have a church. Yeah. I had faith, even though I didn't have a religion. Because if you've been through the life I've been through and you don't have faith in God, then there's something wrong with you. Because there's been way too many times in my life experience where getting to the next hour, next day, or next week was obviously not done through my own skill. It was by, you know, the blessings of other people, circumstances. Um, and so I always felt the presence. I've, I've always believed that there was, uh, there was a higher power before, you know, we started giving them names and before I started becoming a regular, regular churchgoer. And you know, um, <clears throat> so that's uh, that's a little bit about my about my journey. It's not as clear cut or as I'm sure some of your guests will be. One thing I think I should mention is when I was younger, there were churches that still had the attitude that if you had a visual impairment or some other physical uh, disability, it was because you or your parents had sinned right. or were wow. in league with the devil. And that if you didn't get that out of you, if you know if you had to go and pray and get, you know perform supplication and you know maybe even cont contribute to the congregation financially, so I think that that probably um, you know is one of the reasons why up until recently I did not have a, a regular uh, a regular regimen or or you know or schedule or tradition as far as attending meetings uh in an actual congregation that 
I think subconsciously that probably did stay with me a while. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Um, I've 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 not experienced that, um, but I can imagine that would actually be quite an off-put because um, the way I look at, at at faith is it's it's open to all and everybody's welcome. And and by the sounds of that, it was more. Uh, um, well, actually, we don't want you until you've uh, repented of the sins that you've not actually committed. Um, yes. or, and, and, and that just seems the total opposite of what faith is. I don't know what you think on that one, David. Oh, I think he might have gone. Um, he might have gone. Well, yeah, we'll, I think. He'll be back. That, yeah, he'll no, be back. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but no, that's very interesting, Max. So I, I'm, I'm quite um, astounded by that, and I'm glad um, that that didn't totally turn you off um, and pull you the opposite direction because I can imagine that there would be other people who would have just closed the door and said, actually, I'm not going to get involved in any form of organised religion or faith. Yeah, yeah. And um, I can even remember going to one of those old-fashioned tent revivals because it was in it was near where we were living at the time and remember the guy at the front you know you know with the booming voice and the traditional yeah traditional preachers mode you know saying things like that and so it's uh and you know this right here is the is the value of shows like yours because we can either do a podcast as a guest and go, okay, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to answer the questions the way I want to. And when it's over with, I will have stayed on my message. I will have delivered a point. I will have sold a product or a service. But if you let it, an interview can be just like the Bible. It can be a mirror. It can let you remember things or see things that you've, you've either ignored or tried to put out of your sight. And I can't honestly think of, of ever uh talking about this with anyone not even in my current congregation so well I, thank you for that. no i'm glad that you you feel that obviously it's a, as a benefit because obviously this is one of the reasons i started the podcast is because there's more to my story than what people have heard so far and i, I don't want to just bombard them all straight away um but that's part of the reason that I did this because I wanted to have that open voice of different faiths, different backgrounds, you know, different characters. So we could actually be open and honest and share the things we agree on. And then maybe have the conversations about the things we disagree on, because I, I think, you know, that's just as important as sitting there and agreeing with each other, because otherwise we, a, a friend of mine described it as a, an echo chamber and all you're ever going to hear back is the same story because we all yeah. believe the same. And, and I don't think that's good um, for faith or as individuals, because, you know, we all have different things that have put us off or different things that have made us stronger. So I, I'm glad that you're here sharing it. Would, um, so now you say you're more involved um, with a congregation in a congregation? Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. And, you know, back to what you were saying a, a minute or two ago, um, I think that, you know, we have to remember that we're all, uh, we're all flawed. We're all sinners. We're all doing our best to understand the, the Bible, which is a very uh, complex text, even if it is coherent. Um, and, you know, with, with reading it, studying it, meditating on it, and praying about it, um, you know, we hope to live the kind of lives that uh, Jesus would have, would have would have, or that some of the other heroes of the Bible, like uh, like David or Joseph or Esther or Ruth, would have would have. And it's it's hard applying Bible principles in times like we're living in now. Um, but the main thing for me, and the, the main thing that attracted me to, to where I'm at now is uh you know sincere effort to uh to go to the bible and try to base uh doctrine or decisions as closely on what's in there as possible and it's it's hard and as as humans even people who have a 
sincere desire to, to find the truth are sometimes going to make mistakes. So uh, me, whenever I have studied about a, a faith or gone to a, a, a service, it's usually been because I, I trusted and liked the person who was asking me to go. So, uh, and I think that kind of goes back to the Bible where it says that uh, they will know your disciples by, uh, by the way they live their, live their lives, you know, by the way they show love to other people. So a few years ago, I was uh, here at the house. I was working while the rest of the family was off doing an event. And a couple of really nice people from Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door and they read to me from the Bible and we had a discussion and they came back every other week and, you know, they checked on, in on me. They asked how I was doing. They eventually asked me about a Bible and, and a Braille Bible, which I told them that I'm not really a, a, a big Braille reader. So, you know, they provided me with CDs and a, and a, uh, a CD player to listen to them on. They uh, started encouraging me to come to the meetings and, and, and listen you know, more about what was being said in their meetings. And eventually I did d decide to uh, try attending meetings, mainly because I just, uh, I was fixing to go off to a big city and it was an opportunity to be around more people, to have uh, an additional day in my week when I left the house instead of staying here behind the laptop all the time, like every other day of the week. So yeah. I started getting to know the people, um, you know, learning who they were as individuals and how much love they showed for each other. And the more I, the more I watched and listened, the more I, the more I studied, the more I liked it. So uh, I've been having a regular Bible study for about three years now. Uh, last summer, I was uh, baptized as a Jehovah's Witness. I've, I've done uh, what we call, what they call telephone witnessing. I've done door-to-door -door service witnessing. And, of course, that goes back to the Bible's uh, instruction for us to go out and, and try to make disciples and bring them to baptism in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm, uh, I'm doing my best and continuing to learn more, but I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not an expert on nothing. <laughs> well, I'm not perfect at nothing. Uh, I pray to I pray to Jehovah at least three or four times a week, and and I always end by asking Him to forgive me for the places I fell short because I know I did, or if I didn't, I'm it's because I don't remember it, but I know I did something, you know. So, uh, and I continue to uh, to have you know more associations with people uh, with people you know, all around the world, thankfully through the internet, but it's just been the, the love they show to each other, uh, the way they support each other in, in times of need, as well as in, in the good times of where, where celebration is required, and that they really sincerely seem to be focused on uh, Bible principles and trying to learn as, as much as we can uh, what Jesus and what Jehovah would want us to do, how they would want us to live our lives. I can totally agree with you there on the aspect of not being perfect and, and not knowing everything and, and making mistakes. And I'm quite happy to admit that I do make mistakes and I'm not perfect. And, and there is some people out there that think you are. And again, I'm no expert when it comes to the Bible. Um, David knows more than me, I would say. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I just think it, it's, I think it's just good to share these things and, and where we're up to. I don't, I don't know what you, you think, David, so far. I, I, it's number, everybody has their own story. And I think, you know, that's what we're trying to show here, that there is, there is no right, there is no wrong. Um, as long as your faith is what makes you happy and what keeps you on the straight and narrow for, for, for that phrasing. Um, it's not for us to say you're right or you're wrong. I mean, Max, I am curious as to, and, and please, this isn't meant as an insult. I, I am apologizing beforehand, but did you go to uh, the Jones Witnesses because they came to you or was that a, a mechanical thought process? Or do you know, do you know uh, what I mean? Was, 
Yeah, I, I, I can appreciate the question. Um, I think that it was a time in my life where I, uh, where I, I needed to, uh, to do something about my spiritual growth. I had uh, addressed my physical health and I was working on my, my business health. But, you know, we also have Mormons who come here all the time. Mm, yeah. You know, so it was really, uh, and I guess I should tell the, the whole story just, just so this will make, cause, well, partly because it's a good story and partly because it will tell you a little bit about how I kind of do things. Um, okay. They came to the door. Um, they had been coming to the door for two years and talking to my mom and my nephew, and they would usually just say thank you, but no thank you. But they kept coming back. Uh, on the day they were here, it was the first time I got to talk to them myself as opposed to them talking to one of the other family members. Uh, but my family had uh, had kind of accepted them as 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 part of the neighborhood as you know so they if not approving of them they weren't disapproving of them but the day she came uh, like I said we had a good talk on the door and then as her and her uh, her partner were getting ready to leave uh, they asked if there was anything they could do for me and I said yeah um, I have this big hairy white dog. Her name is Penny. She's been missing for a day and a half. Do you, have y'all seen her anywhere? So they go, yeah, we've seen her. Um, and she asked me what the, and I said, I said, so she yells for the dog. She says, uh, Penny, and she whistles for the dog. And Penny comes running up the ramp in front of our house, onto the porch, into the house, goes into the living room and lays down in front of the couch. Now, that dog has never done nothing. Well, she's passed on now. But that dog never did nothing for nobody. She didn't want to do on her own. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Uh, I mean, we couldn't make her take a bath, but every so often she would just go get in the tub. Like, okay, I even I know I'm dirty. Um, the dog was like, I don't know who she is, but she knows somebody who knows somebody. Um, yeah. You know, so it's like uh, I kind of. You know, I, I know we're not supposed to look for signs, but I kind of, tell, kind of, kind of took that as an endorsement that I can't, you know, like these are good people. And, you know, that's one of the things I hear a lot about the witnesses is whether people agree with, with the things that we, we, uh, we believe in or not, they will generally say that we're good people. And yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's one of those things that really works for me. I found out later that I actually scared the poor woman because we live in a house that's on piers. It sits right. about three feet off the ground. Um, at that time, I was still well over 300 pounds. So picture you're a five foot three inch tall woman standing on my porch and you hear, <laughs> you hear me walking across my linoleum tiled kitchen and you're thinking fee fi fo fum, you know, <laughs> that's the noise it's making outside. So I also had to give her points for courage, you know, that, uh, but if, if after studying with them a while, I had, had determined it wasn't something for me, I would have said, thank you, but no, thank you. And when we talk to people on the phone or in person, quite often they will say, you know, we, uh, we have a church, uh, we're, we're firm in our beliefs and, you know, we always applaud them for studying the Bible, for having, uh, solid beliefs and for, as, as you said, for, doing their best to, to live their life in, in a way that, that Jesus would hopefully approve of. The, the, reason, the, the reason I was asking the question was um, I've been visited by um, Latter-day Saints. Okay. It was, it was, and again, right place, right time. So I understand that kind of logic to the, the whole scenario. Um, I was in Liverpool with the family and this very smartly dressed young man smiled at me. So I smiled back because you do. Um, and saw his badge, I went, Oh, and we started talking. And they actually invited me up to um, one, would they call it a fireside meeting? Which okay. is basically a, a Sunday service, but it was up at one of their main churches quite close to me. And it was an amazing experience to, to, to feel included. And although I'm not, latter-day saint and i'm not sure that it's quite what i want so i don't think i will follow that line but mm -hmm. 
it was still an experience that I will never forget because the warmth in that church, it's a bizarre church. There's absolutely no crosses or anything like that either. And I can't quite get my head around that. Um, but I just think that to learn about people's religions and see where they were coming from. And I, and I get exactly where you were coming from. You know, you did have all these influences around you. So realistically, you could have gone Anglican, Baptist, uh, Catholic, Mormon, and you went with Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And But that's because you had an informed decision. Yeah, you know, I think I did. I think the fact that I really wasn't all that keen on having a religion uh, in kind of a backwards way allowed me to expose myself to more than one answer. I think you're right there. Um, and, you know, we recently had an interesting experience with, uh, with the Mormons because yeah. we live on, we live at the end of a dead end road here. Um, you go a mile or two up the, up the road from here and you're in the city, but here we have deer and squirrels and possums and such, you know, so we're in yeah. the country. Uh, last October, I think it was, uh, two, of, two of the Mormons came into our yard. We're pretty sure they were Mormons because they said they were and they were dressed right. But they came and knocked on our side door at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Ooh, and, okay. and when they left, and I, I found out about it later, I said, well, did y'all tell them that if they do that any other house on this road, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, they better be prepared to have a gun shoved in their face. Because <laughs> we are the only people on this road that don't have one. Uh, so, hey. I, we, we've we've read the statistics. People who have guns in the house are more likely to have an accident or have them used on the people who of live course. in the house. So yeah. uh, you also have a higher potential for suicide. So we, we're one of the few families. On, we're probably the only people on this road that don't have a gun in the house, if not more than one. So yeah, yeah you can't, yeah, you can't was, accidentally shoot yourself if you don't have a gun. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was just something like I I know you guys are you know are well dressed and you're easily identified, but. Um, you should have some respect for, for Jehovah and not be putting it to the test like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's a scary concept. I keep forgetting I'm talking to you and you're in America. I, I'm, I'm sat here in my little UK bubble of, you know, we, if, if someone had a gun in the house in the UK, it'd be uh, police and everyone, would be knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't, don't forget our police say stop or I'll say stop again. That's, that's the kind of limit that we seem to be at at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Yet another reason if I ever immigrate, that's where I'm going. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. I, I'm, I've actually got a saying that I've been using. It hasn't caught on yet because I feel like if it ever does, it'll go viral and I'll end up in trouble for it. I, I've told some of my friends, you know, in the U.S., the only people who are excluded from having a firearm are the mentally ill in some states and and the blind. So I think that the government should have to provide me with body armor and a helmet if I need, if I want one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make it make it fair, because because I don't run or hide well, you know, and and I I believe in prayer for sure, but. Um, you know, if, if you're the if you're the only person in the field that hasn't vacated the field, you know, you kind of make it easy on them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I I'm just fascinated to be honest because I'm I, I I'm going back to my UK roots and and it's very rare you find people from church. Yeah, we we do have Jehovah's Witnesses in the UK and we have Mormons, but I think in my 30 odd years i think i've only ever had two mormons knock on my door i've never had jehovah's witnesses knock on my door well you know that we can be... fix it. we can fix that for you you know <laughs> don't don't put his name anywhere don't put his <laughs> oh, no, no. no i would never do that that would just be <laughs> i can't tell you what's i can't i can't tell you a single thing that would be right about that um yeah. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not, we're not going to force our beliefs on anybody. So don't worry about that. But, you know, here's something you can do on our website, uh, jw.org. Yeah. You can go over there and you can do a, you can do a, a, a Bible study and learn more about 
the things where we agree agree with other faiths and where we where we disagree and why. It's totally free. They don't require you to give your personal information or nothing. It's totally anonymous. And considering considering you're doing this show, it might be something that you would want to check out. Like I say, yeah, it's jw.org. Um, and you know, if you want to have uh, if you want to have somebody come around and see, you can all there. You know, there's a form on there you can fill out. Uh, but you could also check out some of the publications or watch some of the videos. But I understand um, exactly. Now, the UK is different because y'all do have the Anglican Church, which I know nothing about. Um, y'all have the Catholic Church, which is in kind of in flux since the current Pope took over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really don't know a whole lot about the about the different faiths in the UK, but I'm uh, I'm sure there are witnesses working over there, but one of the things that happens in urban areas is if a is that the that sometimes landlords or neighborhoods will basically say keep out and if you live somewhere where uh where they can prevent the witnesses from going then we're not going to go there so that may be why you've never actually been called on by a witness we don't we don't really have that you're, you're almost talking about i think you call them gated communities yeah yeah we don't have those realistically over here except um, for me Oh, yeah, you're not technically gated. They just cage you in. It's slightly different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we don't. Yeah, we don't have gated communities as such. Um, depending on if you live in a private block of flats, etc., you may need entry keys to get in. And obviously, right. Well, apart- apartment buildings are the same way. Quite often, yeah. the apartment yeah. buildings will uh, will will say, you know, keep out. And in those cases, we'll try to get people on the phone or try to write them letters. Which is fair enough. I just think it's another way of engaging with people, and it 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 shouldn't matter, you know. It it's finding the right way to do things, isn't it? And I think, yeah, you know, I know in the UK, the what we tend to where we tend to get a lot of the Jehovah's Witnesses, Max, is uh, outside train stations and shopping centres at the minute. Um, Um, and you know they don't force it upon you, yeah, like. Like David nope. said, they smile. If you engage with them, they ask you how you are. It's not rammed down your throat. So, and I just think that's how faith should be. You know, yeah. acts of kindness is is how we develop and show our faith to each other. And if it causes someone to ask a question, I'm happy for that. If it causes someone to go, I'm not interested anyway. Well, that's right. fine. Yeah. Right, and that's that's why you know, and what you're talking about there is is true. Uh, in urban areas, a lot of times you will see the uh, the carts with the different publications, and yeah. people you say that'll smile at you and talk to you. And if you pay attention to those carts, the next time you see one, you'll notice that the publications on there, most of them will have some intriguing artwork on the covers of those publications. They're hoping yes, that you they come over and want to take a look or and ask a question and and uh, possibly take it forward. And that's kind of a, of a, a, a mandate from, from Jesus as well, because, you know, when, when he was on earth and performing his ministry, he went where people were. So as more and more people are working two jobs or working longer and longer hours, it's harder to find them at their homes. It's easier to find them in markets and train stations and uh, airports and even on, um, there are even people who go on to cruise ships and uh, uh, commercial shipping when they come into ports and offer people the opportunity to have a study and be witness to. But again, it's very low key. You know, the offer is there. If people want to learn more, they can, but you know, we're, we're not going to force them. And really it's the whole idea is for people to want to learn more and to decide on their own because it's just like anything else. It, you can force just about anybody to do just about anything for short periods of time. Yeah. But if, if it's something they're going to do for a lifetime, they have, to, they have to take it into their hearts and their minds and make it their own. Max, I have to say, you sound just like P.T. Barnum saying that. I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> the what former, was it he said? The former you can Carl, some of the 
I know that's why I said it. I was very yeah. specific. The former carnival owner and promoter in me likes it. The the, the baptized <laughs> witnesses is not sure. I'm, I'm, I might. It was meant as a compliment. When, when this goes live, I may get invited to discuss this with the elders. You know. <laughs> I, I will. I will clarify. I will clarify my comment because you are right. You can fool all the people some of the time. Some of the people all the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. And you are right. This is true. And I think, you know, it's not about fooling the people. It's about giving them what they need. And if you give the people what they need, then they'll receive it and they'll be thankful for it and they will move forward with that. Right. And uh, I, uh, I, I recently talked to a, a man. He's also visually impaired. He lives in a different, camp, different, different part of this, this city. And... Uh, he once told me, he said, he said, Max, I've started many Bible studies over my, over my uh, years as a witness. And we have a book that we use as kind of a guide for a Bible study called what, what, uh, what, what does the Bible really teach? And, you know, all the stuff in there is taken from the Bible, but it's, uh, it has illustrations in today's terms that hope to make it easier. He said, and the Braille version of that book is three volumes. Um, so it's three volumes, probably about three, probably about three inches thick each. So right. that's this one publication. He said, you know, Max, I've, uh, I've, I've worn out the first volume of my set four or five times, but I, I've only had to replace the second two volumes once because, you know, a lot of people will start off. They'll be interested. They'll be curious. They'll plant the seed. But after a while, they they will decide that it's it's not for them, and they'll move on yeah. to something else. And you know, we want those people who are predisposed, who once they start learning the word from the Bible, they want to learn more, they want to do more, and they want to have a closer relationship with Jehovah through their study and their prayer. Yeah, but again, with you, um, you were offered a different version to make it easier for you to study and for you to learn and i think for for most religions i can't i can't speak for also i'm going to say for most i think that is a trick that they miss out on because that you know nobody's ever said to me and actually i think uh, possibly adrian's a bit better for this one to answer it but um because of adrian's disability and yours if i'd have just come up to your door and said here's a bible well, for a start, you'd have gone, where, what, sorry, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and Adrian from the flip side would go, I'm really going to struggle to read that. What, what else can you offer me? Right. And right. Uh, Obviously, the Jehovah's Witnesses that came to your door had a bit of common sense with them as well. And they had also helped you to open your door. Yes. Well, they had also um, been, uh, been taught about how to, or what to expect if they meet a blind person at the door. Um, yes. Which is good. And now this, this next thing I want to talk about has, it has really, it has really nothing to do with my faith, but it's a, it has an example. It's an example of what I deal with on a regular basis as a blind person. And the JW.org website just happens to be the best example I know of on this subject. And that is as a blind person, I think, I think you mentioned you're dys dyslexic. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, severely dyslexic i'm i am atrocious my right. i i literally it would take me to read a small passage it could take me 45 minutes that it might take david to read something like five minutes it'd probably take me about 45 right right well in my daily life i i've run into a lot of websites and publications where they have you know they have not thought about my ability to use their websites you know we refer to it as accessibility the uk actually has a law with criminal with uh civil penalties where you can actually be fined if your website isn't accessible here in the us we have we have what they call a convention which is a list of guidelines it's not actually a, it's not actually enforceable unless you want to sue somebody in civil court yeah and that can get expensive even for small claims courts so those um most websites do do not think about things like high contrast, you know, being able to change the color combinations on the website, 
being able to change the text size on a website. Very few websites that offer uh, publications offer the audio of their publications. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure most places you can get an audio Bible or a Braille Bible, but with the JW.org website, any publication that's released in, in English or and that, for that matter, released in any language is also re released in audio and uh, their, pub their, their Bible is currently available. You know, the latest version of, of the Bible, the New World Translation is available in 47 different languages in Braille. Wow. Which is just crazy because most places you're lucky if you can't can get Braille, period. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, the other thing is they, they have the audio files of all their publications. They also have something y'all have probably never heard of called a dot, called dot ERF files, which is a Braille readable file. Right. It's similar to a PDF, except it's developed, it's been translated into a different computer code for those portable digital Braille displays. So, uh, so the person like that a had, mechanical one. Yeah, yeah, the mechanical yeah, Braille. The one you okay, know. right. So somebody that has one of those, they can read the publication straight on the website as opposed to having to download it and then translate the text into a Braille text document and then read it. And I know of no other website where they do that. Um, it's, you know, one, it's something most people don't think about. And two, it's, you know, it's, it's labor intensive and probably pretty expensive. So uh, as far as the technological side of it, you know, I'm, I feel very welcome using a screen reader or if I had a digital Braille display using that in conjunction with the website. And what's really cool, what's really cool about the audio is, and I don't know about you, I don't know about y'all, but with me, when I read an audio book, the voice and quality of the reader can affect my enjoyment of the book. There, most are, definitely, I'm, yes. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of audio books, um, and I've gone a chapter in, and I'm thinking. I can't listen to you, <laughs> so I will stop <laughs> listening to the book. It might be the best book ever, but because I can't connect with the voice, I can't yeah. listen to it. Right, exactly. But when they recorded, when they re recorded the most recent version of the Bible, uh, the New World Translation, they actually cast voices for each character in the Bible, and yes. right. they tested their voices and and you know had them do the equivalent of an audio screen test type situation. And so every time uh, you have a new character speaking, you have a new voice and the voices are um, amazing people. You're like, man, I can't believe they put that kind of time and effort or that they have that kind of yeah. talent because, yeah. you know, as a singer and a speaker, I'm just in awe of some of these people's abilities, but, but yeah. And the other thing about it is not only is the quality of the voices, the voice talent is, you know, people would refer to it out in the regular world is, is great. But because the voices change with characters, even if I don't know who's speaking, I know who's speaking, you know, even if there's yeah. no introduction, yes. no preamble, you know, I know who's speaking because after a while you get to know, well, that's the guy who voices Jehovah. That's the guy who voices yeah. Jehovah. You know, you just, yeah. so uh, those are the kind of things that they have done because, you know, we have the, uh, the part in the Bible about how the the uh, the message of the kingdom has to be preached to all the inhabited uh, people of the of the world, and you know the the brothers in our organization have interpreted that to mean uh, not only speaking languages, written languages, but sign language in Braille. So so much more public, so much more is available in sign language. We have. In some parts of the country where there's enough people, we have actual congregations that are completely sign language congregations. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. They're that's not huge. Yeah, they're not huge congregations, but that's um, and some of our younger people are actually encouraged uh, to learn other languages so they can help uh, spread the news. But many of them, when you talk to them about other languages, their other language is sign language or their other languages they want to work, they want to figure out how to help people who read Braille. So Yeah, because it's still their language, just a version on it. And plus, they're more likely to come across somebody with that they can help. I, I don't want to use the word disability because the, the blind people I know and the deaf people, 
it's not a disability. It's an inconvenience almost. I don't ever see Yeah, I like that. Saying. I like that. Inconvenience. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but see, that works against my brand because, you know, as I'm sure you've learned over the years, with people who have a disability or an inconvenience, we are either uh, inept people who need to be pitied or we're superheroes. Now, my brand as a blind <laughs> blogger is that I'm a superhero. So let's not, let's not let nobody know about this inconvenience thing. Okay? Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. let's keep that to ourselves, man. Because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not selling a lot of T-shirts and coffee mugs, but I want to sell some, you know? Well, maybe that's your new one. No, it's not an inconvenience. There you go. I say it like Schwarzenegger would say it. No, it's not <laughs> I like it. Oh, uh, do you know what? Uh, you know, I, I want to share something with you two guys. I know we're probably running long by y'all's standards, but when I agreed to do this, I was a little nervous because I have not been a witness for very long. I haven't been baptized for very long. And this is the first show I've done where the whole purpose is to talk about your journey in faith. And I was really worried, like, okay, what am I going to understand these guys? Am I going to have a good conversation with them? But the other thing is, man, am I going to stick my foot in it and say something that somebody <laughs> later and go, Max, do you realize what you did? And do you realize how much, you know? So uh, I really enjoyed it. I think that you guys have, uh, have a great chemistry. And I think the approach you're taking to getting people to share their stories is really going to work well. Really well, Max, Max, I know that I've, I've, I've kind of already intimated to Adrian that we're, we're going to, I think we're going to split this over two anyway, just because we, we have gone over the time we kind of allotted for ourselves. Um, but what I would like to say is, um, you know, if you ever want to come back on again and speak to us, you are going to be more than welcome. If any of your church members want to get involved, get them to give us a shout because we do want to grow this. We would like to get points of view from everybody. Um, and hopefully that's where we're going to head towards. Well, in fact, uh, I have a friend who I would like to introduce you to. She's a fellow author, but she focuses more on her vision loss than I do. And um, she has a different, uh, she has, she has a different faith. So, yeah. uh, and Fantastic. you know, that's, Yes. And that's one of the things about it. You know, we, uh, while, you know, I would hope that more people would, uh, you know, would agree with me. It's great that, uh, we can still, we can still love each other. We can still respect each other. And, uh, in, in cases we can still work with each other. So, and of course, you know, when we're yes. out in the, when we're out in the rest, when we're out in the real world, you know, we don't have any choice, but to, uh, to associate with each other and to make the best of it we can as, as, as we can, you know? So Max, if we ever saw you in the street, although I think we'd quite quickly realize that you were, um, not disabled, obviously, <clears throat> but, um, we would not know what religion you are or if you had any religion. And that's the, that's the key, isn't it? Because when we look at each other, we are all the same. We are all brothers and sisters. Or at least that's yes. how our at least yes. that's how our father sees us. Yes. yes, that and that's exactly what I want from this podcast is to everyone to just see that it doesn't matter where we are, where we've come from, whether we're rich, we're poor, well educated, uneducated, we are all the same inside. You know, it doesn't matter if we're black, white, we are all the same inside. And, and that's what I want from this and want people to share and become part of the journey. All right. Well, I have appreciated the conversation and learning a little bit more about myself and sharing a little bit with you guys and getting to know y'all better. So looking forward to, uh, to talking with y'all again at some point, maybe, not, maybe not online, maybe, maybe in a pub with a pint or maybe, in a, maybe you, in a Houston bar with a beer. We'll just have to see. If, if, yeah, if you ever come over here, then definitely look us up. We will definitely meet. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think he might have gone. Hello? I think we might have just lost him. All righty. Oh, no. Oh, back. You're back. We, we lost <laughs> you for a brief <laughs> second. <laughs> the joys of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. See, this, this, is, this is my kind of podcast in that respect. It is, uh, it is definitely recorded live, living, you know, putting up with the way things work out when they work when they, when they, and when they don't work. So, uh, 
and I think that that's good. You know, that's, that's where a lot of people miss podcasting. They think it has to be serious. It has to be organized. It has to be scheduled. It has to go perfectly well. And if you don't edit it to death, nobody will watch. And thankfully, neither <laughs> one of us believes in that at all. No, I, I, I do the minimal editing possible um, just because I think the, the main thing I take out is big, long gaps. Uh, yeah. And I have so, a I have I have a disclaimer for my guests. It says that I do do not and will not edit my podcast. Uh, it is recorded live with no editing, and if you can't live with that, then please do not come on my show. Fair well, maybe, maybe that's what I'll have to do then. <laughs> maybe we'll write that in. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Thanks very much for spending time talking to us, Max, and I really do appreciate it, and I really do uh, hope you will come back on at some point. Yeah, don't future. be a stranger at all, Max. You know where we are. All right. All right. I'll talk to you guys later, and I appreciate the time. And uh, let me know when this gets published, whether it ends up being one or two episodes, and I'll do what I can to tell other people about it. I will Thank be. you very much. Thanks all very right, much. Thank Cheers, right. Max. Bye. Bye. Cheers, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Journeys of Faith. We hope you've enjoyed yourself and we hope you're enjoying your time with us. Um, If you have any feedback, comments or would like to join us on an episode to share your story, you can email us at jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. That's jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can find us on the internet at www.jofpodcast.wordpress.com You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at jofpodcast And if you have anything that you do want to share with us whether that's a comment on how we can make the podcast better or how you're actually enjoying the podcast, please do contact us as we want to make this podcast work for the people who are listening and also make it better. So we need your help to do that. So from myself and David, thank you very much for joining us on this journey. So till next time, Safe journey.